0: Rise up. Welcome to Rise Up Radar, where we keep the Falcons on your radar. Thank you for joining me, Stan Parker, for another episode. Let's have a ball and show. Joining me tonight, we got Mr. Todd Brooks, we got Zach McCain, and we got Chris Bailey. How are you fellas doing tonight?
1: Fantastic! Fantastic. Great, right, Stan. Uh, except for the
2: Falcons, actually, you know, won the game. Wade, I, it was reverse psychology, man. Reverse listen, psychology. I, I picked them, and then I, my logic was is that they actually would lose the game, but then it it reversed on me.
0: So, what do you remember? What your actual score prediction was?
2: Uh, I think it was. I say twenty four to twenty. I think it was twenty four to twenty five. Yeah, you had a close one. So you
0: yeah. uh, you got pretty close. I think I. I think I was right there with you. I don't, I, I think I said 28, 20, or 28 24 or something like that. So, uh, um, we got a special show tonight. We got the uh, Falcons round table. We've got obviously Zach, Todd, and Chris with me tonight. And uh, we're just going to chop up. We got a bye week coming up this week. Um, but we did have a game this weekend. And uh, depending on how you look at it, it was impressive no matter how you slice it. Uh, I know. Todd's stance on um, winning anymore is really out the window. But uh, Zach, what did you think about uh, the Falcons' performance this past week? That past Sunday.
1: Um, it was impressive. Uh, I thought I thought they were going to blow it again. I thought Todd was going to be a happy man at the end because uh, you know that it, it looked like uh, you know Dallas and Chicago and what Detroit all over again. Right, but no, I mean it. It was impressive. They, uh, you know, they were able to. The offense did a great job, obviously, early on, and um, and the defense hung on. You know, a couple weeks in a row because Carolina, even last or yeah, last week against Carolina, they tried to make a little comeback too, and the defense uh, stood strong. So that was impressive.
0: Yeah, so last week's game, like uh, that, I felt like was more. uh, I was closer to this one. I felt like I felt that the Broncos were coming back. But I didn't um, – sorry, Todd, you get to hear this, but I didn't. never felt like, oh, no, they're going to come back and the Falcons are going to blow this game because Drew Drew Locke is, is as shaky as he can get as a quarterback. So, um, Chris, what do you think about – do you ever think they were going to blow this one?
3: No, because we wanted them to.
0: Oh.
1: a <laughs> <laughs> great answer. Oh, my
0: gosh, you guys, uh, my friends, um, the, the
1: curse is real. The, the Georgia curse, yeah, that's right. Rears are totally hit again,
0: yeah, it uh, in
1: a different way, but in the same way.
0: So, so what
1: Listen, is saying, the, the
3: feel, I, I, I'm being funny, but it's true. You feel like this team, when they need to win early in the season, they're not going to be able to, and when they need to lose. They ratchet it up somehow and get stops, and I don't understand it.
0: Yeah, um, Todd, uh, how do you feel about uh, we obviously we, we the Falcons won thirty four to twenty seven for everybody listening that hasn't go, gone and watched the highlights, but uh, yeah, the Falcons pull away in, a, in an impressive three quarters of a football game, and uh, they pull out the W. Todd, what'd you think about the game, man?
2: I mean, I really. I did kind of think they were going to blow it at the end because I don't know what it is about the Falcons' offense in the fourth quarter. It's just three and out, three and out, three and out. And that's the reason I thought they were going to blow the game. And I was just going to sit up and and yell like we, you know, had actually won the game, even though I thought we were going to lose it. But then at the end, we were able to save ourselves. But I, I thought they were just because they were constantly three and out. I mean, really, after they scored that last touchdown, they were pretty much three and out for the rest of the game.
0: Yeah, I know, I know what happened to him on offense. Four letters, D-I-R-K, Dirt Cutter. He, <laughs> dude, he is a terrible play caller. Like, there are some play calls, you're just like, second and 16, run up the middle, sweet. That's a draw play that always works. Todd Gurley is, I mean, he's been impressive, but he's not Barry Sanders back there. So, like, you got to, like, Meet him where he is and like once you bounce it to I mean, I've been I've been singing this song all season long as Todd Gurley continually wants to bounce the ball to the edge and I think you should run another play up the middle. I think that's a great idea. Good job. Hey, and,
1: and speaking of Todd Gurley, I'm I'm disappointed, Stan, and you and, and Todd and y'all's uh, on I think on the last podcast y'all were talking about you know what was your guess uh, Todd Gurley's yards per carry average. Yeah, and y'all were like <laughs> two point eight. 2.6 <laughs> and like two point <laughs> five, and I'm like, oh my goodness! I, I sat there like I was listening to this. I was like, what in the world? It feels and,
2: like uh, two
0: point eight. Don't it feel like two point mean, eight? Like, I, I think it awesome. the Seattle
1: game. It was. Yeah, I mean that that's that's true. But I was like, man, no respect. Uh, I, I mean, don't know I, what it is
0: I, right now. What's we'll the what? It, uh, who's got 3. it right 6, now?
1: I think it was at three point six. three point um, six or three point eight. Which I'll be honest with you was a little better than I thought. I thought it was going to be more like three point three or three point four. But yeah, I was disappointed in y'all, especially well, Todd, because because you know, Todd's like me. I love Todd Gurley.
0: It's
3: pretty well, on brand for me. I knew. It was, so
1: I knew what well, was we, happening. Well, we know you love Brian Hill, and you want Brian Hill to get more love. And, Why don't and, they
0: play more <laughs> <with> Brian Hill?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, because I'll Because I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, he's explosive. I mean, I, thinking back at the games this year, I mean, when you when you think of explosive run plays, I mean, who is it? That's other than Gurley on that one long run, what like two or three games ago? I mean, yeah, Brian Hill's been the one that's been, you know, more electric. I guess you could say.
0: And me and Chris, me and your me and your episode we did a while back, we had a question that was going to be who was going to have a bigger impact or a bigger year? Will be Hayden Hurst or Ty Gurley? You went with Gurley, and I went with Hayden Hurst. They've only recently started to use uh, Red Thor. They've only, uh, right. And I came up with a new new nickname for him because <laughs> Matt Ryan's starting to go to him for a first down now. Hurst first. first.
3: <laughs> nice, <laughs> I like it.
0: So, um, what,
3: what, How would you, at this point in the season, rate Todd Gurley?
0: Uh, we're talking letter grades here. Is that like pure letter grades here.
3: Uh, yeah, I guess so.
0: According to <clears throat> production or my expectation, I would say, per- because of like according to my expectation, I would give him an A because my bar was set here and he nice. is he's hit this bar. And so, but if somebody <clears throat> maybe like Todd. I could let him answer this, but he has set the bar here, and I'm not so sure that Todd – that he has met that bar. But for me, I give him an A because he has come here to do what I thought he was going to do um, and actually met my expectations. I figured he'd be hurt by now.
2: So. Well, I don't want to sound like a Georgia homer, so I'm going to be like David Pollock here, okay? <laughs> um, <laughs> I would give Todd Gurley a C. Uh, I would give him an A based on like red zone production, but I would give him, you know, probably a an F based on everything else. That's how I, <laughs> <Yeah. know
0: it. laughs> I mean it's true. He's uh,
1: leading, he the leading the league in, in touchdowns. Uh, he's close. He, he's like third. What? He, yeah, third? Derrick Henry
0: and uh, someone else. Yeah. Um. But yeah, he's top three, top five in touchdowns. And red zone touchdowns. And he's – I think he's number one in carries. Um,
3: Yeah, that's what's – Go
1: Go ahead, Chris. No, no, no. Go ahead, Chris. I'd give
3: him a B. Uh, Not just to split the difference with you guys, but – Of course, Um, The the touchdowns matter. And we've seen – we've seen a lot of teams get – where they have to get that one or two yards and can't do it. So, it's it's a big deal to me.
0: And the Falcons in the past, the last three, four years – have got to the one-yard line and not yes. been able to punch it in. and So that's, that's a big difference maker.
3: The, the, the lack of explosive plays, except for the one that we remember, is yeah. a little frustrating. I don't know if that's all on him. I don't know if he's lost a step with the arthritis. I don't know if it's the blocking. That, that could be better, uh, obviously. But I would like to see them throw it to him more. I agree flat yeah. on the wings. That's what I've been waiting to see. Yeah, that's I agree. not
2: the uh, dirt cutters offense.
1: Though. No, that's <laughs> not. Exactly. No, but I, I would – Not would many
0: things Gurley. are, Todd. That's <laughs> right. I would
1: give I would give Gurley an A just based off on the durability that I'm I'm withstand like my expectations were not high and I feel like he especially the red zone production and the just the amount of carry production has far exceeded my expectations and you know obviously he's just he's stayed healthy and um, I don't think it's all like Chris was saying I don't think it's all his fault I think that he just hasn't there just haven't been a lot of holes there it's not like he's you know he's not breaking tackles that he should be breaking you know I just don't think that there's a whole lot there for him and and it's like Todd was saying Dirk Cutter is just not his MO to you know spread it around in the passing game which I felt like that was Gurley's one of his you know strong suits at georgia was being able to be a little more dynamic uh with the passing game and so i I, he's done a really good job um but that still doesn't necessarily you know cure the 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 need or the want for more explosive plays so maybe that'll that'll come later on this season
0: okay so the falcons had four big acquisitions this offseason they had Hurst, Gurley, denard and Dante Fowler Dark Denard right. and right Dinard. Dante so Fowler. like so of the four who do you think has had the better season or the most impact I guess
1: I mean I think it's girly just based off on how the how much he scored um, I mean I don't have all the guys' stats out in front of me and then yeah. and Denard got what he got hurt what a couple of weeks ago yeah, he so just got of, back or just got back so I mean it's yeah. kind of, it's hard to to really grade him, but yeah, I think just off the top, it'd be Gurley.
0: So I'll, yeah. it, I'll keep it short. What about you, Chris?
3: I I can't, in good conscience, give it to a defensive player. I don't care how good they are. Look what's <laughs> happened to us. Yeah, um, Fowler's done a good job. I mean, we we we. That's the thing. They look good sometimes and bad right. sometimes. Thor or Hurst first. I like him. Yeah. I like that they're using him more. Right. I think he's emerging, but I'm I'm with Zach. The touchdown production's too important. I'd go with Gurley. What about you, Todd?
2: Um, at this point I'd probably would go with Todd Gurley based on red zone production alone.
0: Yeah. Uh I can't and good like you said, Chris, I can't in good conscious pick uh pick uh, Hurst, but he would be number two. Uh Dante Fowler has had an impact. Dark Western has kind of been hurt. So all right, so in your opinion, Chris? Because I really want to hear your opinion. I know Todd's opinion. Sorry, Todd. I speak for you a lot here, here recently. <laughs> That's like all good. Real... I'm just
2: taking a back seat and listening.
0: Yeah, I know. So let me. Uh, does Does Raheem get a get a shot at being the head coach head being the head coach of the Falcons? Because he listen before Todd's shaking his head and bef- just let me let me paint the picture for you, Chris. He should be four now. Should be four and o as a head coach. He's three and one. He's got the defense playing a lot better. They're they're pl- I think they're plus in takeaways. They're 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 playing good defense. He's dialing up pressure. They're looking a little more disciplined. Do you think Raheem Morris should be the uh, head coach of the Atlanta Falcons in 2021?
3: So it's a hard it's a hard situation because there's that success I think anytime you fire a coach there's a little bit of a surge of excitement by the players if they've been having a down year is this just a surge that's going to going to fizzle out I don't know but like what makes me nervous about it is I think everybody wants a clean break with new coordinators new coaches all the way across we don't want Dirk running this offense right we don't want any of that so I think they're going to make a clean uh, start all the way around. So, I don't think they'll – I don't think they'll
0: No. Okay. So that's the – I don't think that's what they're going to do. What would you – like, Chris, you finally, You now have a decision-making power over the Falcons. What is your – what do you do with, with Raheem Morris?
3: I would have told Raheem Morris, there's a million-dollar bonus for you if you lose every game. That's right. See, and I know this might not be where y'all want to go because you and Todd have talked about it. But what is what's the end game here with right. the rest of the season starting zero five? Right. I mean, what's the end game for any team when it comes to tanking or or, or winning but losing draft picks and or draft position? What yeah. do you think about that?
0: Uh it's uh the same as you like. You got to know. It's hard to make any of these calls, obviously, when there's no general manager because there's no general manager and there's no direction. So, like, you need a general manager. Like, They were – I read some articles today, like, debating on what do you hire first. you hire a head coach first and then go find a head coach that fits your – or a general manager that fits your head coach, or do you hire a general manager first? Or do you hire them at the same time? It's like a package deal, like the guy from uh, the Patriots. Um Nick Casero. Yeah, Casero and uh, Chase Daniel. Josh Daniel. Josh Daniel Josh
1: Daniel's a former quarterback. I so know he's it. He's Missouri, a Missouri uh, quarterback. Gosh.
0: It's late. So, but um I I think that you got to have a vision first before, you know, you go I don't and I like to say that he the interim, he's a stopgap. You got to get a brand new slate. You got to take this whole franchise in a new direction. So, what do you think? you think what do you think, Zach? Do you think he's coached himself into another
1: year? Uh, no, not at this point. I don't think he has. I think that he's got an opportunity to really show what he's got these what the last what seven eight seven. weeks. I mean, I mean, you know, so yeah. I mean the the schedule is uh, is extremely difficult. Um, I feel like the only way that he stays is if he somehow – and I don't even – I mean, I haven't even looked at the standings. I only know if it's really mathematically possible. But if he – he would have to play the Falcons – or coach the Falcons into the playoffs, in my opinion, would be the only reason why he he would have any kind of uh, legitimate shot of sticking around afterwards. Otherwise, no. Um, I think y'all, y'all have made some good points about cleaning house. I think you've got to start fresh.
0: So, with that – like- <clears throat> Mathematically speaking, not mm-hmm. only is there an extra playoff spot this year, but they're like it's like literally in talking about adding another one. So they're right. talking about having eight teams total per you know conference right. to have get making it. So that's one more playoff spot that is available. Mm-hmm. And even within you know, it's you got obviously have to well, put out
3: if, what you have to think about then is it's kind of like when you're playing spades. And you go yeah. nil, you know? Yeah. When the other team has motivation, the other teams have more motivation to win. It makes it easier to tank. Yeah. And with those more spots, more teams think they might can get in. They'll right. play harder because I don't see why more teams aren't tanking, trying to get the players that make a difference. Well, I because, think they
0: – Look at the standings. Look how horrible these teams are. I mean, we're talking about Broncos, Jets. I mean, the Jets are really trying, like, their Jets yeah. are really bad. Uh, you had giants you've got uh there's like two or three other teams that are like bottom feeders and it's uh i feel like there's the n f l is like has more tanky teams this year than ever maybe i'm maybe just because the falcons are down there that I'm paying attention to the bottom of the barrel i don't know, but it just feels like the n f l has a i don't wanna say a tanky problem but i feel like the you know, it's, the mentality is tanking, so.
2: Well, if you look at the NFC East, everybody there is tanking at the same time as well as trying to win the division, so. <laughs> same right. well. I still hey, just think – I think it's so wins.
1: hard. I, but I just think – I still think it's so hard to tank as a – you know, whether it be from a player standpoint or just a whole organization, ex- it, excluding the Jets. I mean, they're just terrible. I mean, oh, yeah. I, I, don't, I mean, you know, there's – it's, it's easy to tank, uh, but I think that it's just so hard. It, it's not That's not wired in an athlete or a coach's DNA to tank. Um, that's why I think that's the answer to why I don't think that there's not more teams doing it. And that's um, why Todd
0: Gurley scored. It's right. not in his DNA. Yes. It's, right,
1: right. I mean, it's right. Just, it, they're just not wired that way. Um, but his scoring so, helped us lose. Right. Right. There you go. Yeah, so you can look at it that way. That so may you, ta- I mean, know that may way play. to spin is, it, Chris. Is it, well, <laughs> is it not the smart thing to do?
0: Yeah, if you're trying to lose. But that yes. wasn't
1: his intentions, though. He wasn't Yeah, like,
0: he was told was, explicitly well, he, he was not football. to score.
1: Right. But, he, but what I'm
3: saying is, should we be trying? I, y'all might not want to go there, but
2: should we be trying to win games? Personally, uh, I think we should be trying to lose games, but – I will say that everybody has a different motivation. So, let's say Raheem Morris, he's got no motivation to try to lose games no. trying to find a head coaching job. It's right, in right. his best interest to win. So, it depends on your own self-interest.
0: He's putting together right. an audition tape. And, and the rest of the guys are the same way. I mean, uh, Tat McKinley got cut. We didn't even talked about that. Tat McKinley got cut yesterday. Uh, Zach sent me a funny text message uh, that <laughs> he, obviously, the drama with that, you know, he had all this stuff on Twitter, and then he, he got fined an undisclosed amount of money, then he got cut this week. So. But, yeah, because
1: Raheem Morris is, has a lot to obviously coach for. I think that if, like, if Arthur Blank was, like, telling him, like, hey, I need you to tank, I think he'd be like, I don't want to coach. You know, yeah, uh, because, again, w- he's, he's thinking about, again, he's either thinking about, okay, either staying in Atlanta to, again, become the actual head coach, or, you know, like I said, he's, he's trying to – build his resume so to speak uh so it's it's so uh, it's it's hard to go down that that hole i guess and uh so i don't i don't know
0: so just with and all that and with tanking and and do we want to win or you know do we actively try to lose obviously i think me and zach are in the same kind of the same seat on the bus is like you gotta like look you gotta try to win you might not win them all but you get like and I know Todd and Chris are like, man, forget this, just lose. And but so like with no roster changes other than Tat getting cut, the defense is like the team has played better. Like, so, and that's for like head coaching. But does this the way the team has performed encourage you that this team not is not as bad as you think they are, or I'm are not. they just playing hyped up to where? Like, the draft meet, there's still tons of needs on this team.
2: Stan, to answer this question, I'm just going to take you back to the year 2019 and 2018. The exact same thing happened. They played better at the end of the year, looked a lot better, won some games, and it was all for naught, and we didn't end up with a higher draft pick.
0: Right. And the roster same didn't story. play – yeah, the roster didn't play any differently. They start slow and – that year they just kept being slow so i mean like they're probably the most talented three and 16 in the nfl
1: on the offense right i was just about to say that defensively is what i'm always skeptical about the defense and that's where atlanta has gotten themselves in trouble and i don't know if i mean i go back and forth yes i feel like they've tried to build depth there But that's been the issue all along. I mean, yeah, you can blame it on injuries with with Neil and and Ricardo Allen and even Deion Jones the last, what, two or three years. But still, um, I feel like they've really uh, have dropped the ball as far as building depth there. The offense has never been the issue. But, um, you know, it's hard to say are they playing better or are they just – you know, they haven't really been playing great teams the last – I mean, we could argue that they're just not playing very good teams either. So, I don't know if I should be hopeful uh, just based off that. Um, and so, I, that's why, going back to the Raheem Morris thing, do I think he deserves or do I think he's earned his another year? Not yet because he hasn't, to in my opinion, beat anybody, uh, beat, beat a legitimate team or, or multiple teams. So, so.
0: so who has – so, uh, let me pull the schedule up. So, who has he beat? Let's take a who, look at the schedule. Um, sorry, Minnesota uh, is it Minnesota, so Min- Min- it was Minnesota. Minnesota. Minnesota, who was a um, one-win
1: team or two-win team?
0: The Panthers,
1: right? And who, who have really struggled the last what four or five games? Lost. lost four in a row now, and they, are, they have the same exact record as the Falcons, in three and six. Right.
0: Lost to the Lions, and then the no. oh, and the Vikings. So Vikings, the Lions, and Panthers. Broncos. And Broncos, so yeah, Broncos. yeah, totally. the The last his head coaching career has been in Atlanta, has been against terrible teams,
1: sub 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 five hundred teams.
0: Right. Well, he, well, he just gear up there, Raheem, because here it comes. Because right, yeah, it, it's, it's coming, and they do get it. Don't get any easier after this, which is good. We're gonna see where they really. I mean, you know, where they really are, how bad they really are. So. <laughs> <clears throat> um, I have another question for you. Oh, okay. Chris, who has been – it doesn't matter what kind of stats, whatever you have, but like the eye test, whatever you got. Who's been the most surprising player this year? You could do offense, defense. It doesn't matter. Pick one. Surprising to you. Well,
3: I wouldn't say surprising totally, but – Calvin Ridley emerging so strong. And I know he's hurt right now, but, and part of that's because of Julio, but man, he's, he looks like a total number one guy. For sure. We have two number ones. And uh, I guess I expected, I didn't know, I expected to be quite as strong.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. Him, him breaking out like that and leap. It's not, you've yeah, watching, the tape, you wouldn't, I wouldn't have thought that he would be leading the not only, I mean, top in the leaderboards of the league, but leading the team in yards. So, like, yeah. he's like you said, taking a step to being number one. How about you,
3: Zach? I'm
1: not, well, go, ahead, go, go ahead. ahead. No, go ahead, Chris. I'm just
3: going to say I'm not really surprised by anything else. They're like they were last year in a lot of ways,
0: right? Nothing stands out. It's like it's not, all really just mediocre. I mean, honestly. Uh, what about you, Zach? Who's been the most impressive to you? Or surprising. Maybe surprising, maybe not impressive. Yeah.
1: Surprising. Um, surprising. Sort of along the same lines as Chris was talking about, but I think it's the the other, the like the third and fourth receivers, you know, the Russell Gage uh, mm-hmm. guys. And, you know, that, that group I feel like has, has stepped up because, of course, you know, there were games where obviously Julio's been out, Ridley's been out. I don't know if there was a game where Ridley and Julio were out but I feel like those guys have really, you know, stepped up, um, especially in recent games. And then just here recently, last two, three games on the defensive side of the ball uh, has been Foyer, Louis, and has been, has been a surprise for me. I mean, he's, he's played outstanding, just, I feel like, all around fundamentally. Um, and he's, I mean, just really talented guy. So, yeah, that's been sure. cool. Sure. What about you, Todd?
2: I, mean, I don't like having the same answer as Chris, but I think Calvin Ridley is definitely the surprise as far as being an all around receiver and being a red zone guy too. Cause you know, even Julio Jones is not a red zone guy, right? He's just a guy who catches a lot of passes and can zoom past the defense, but he's never been a red zone guy. So Calvin Ridley to me is like the whole package. He's a guy who can catch the deep pass. He can score in the red zone. And he looks like a legit number one, as Chris said earlier.
0: Yeah, he's taller than I thought he was, too. You know, I looked up the other day. Like for some reason, I asked Alexa how how tall Calvin Ridley was. But he was like one. I thought he was shorter than that. Um, but my answer will be the most impressive. Uh, I think Zach kind of took my answer. Um, Sorry. Obviously, Calvin Ridley is the answer. Is how surprising and, like, just impressive he is. But I went – Foyer Lukin has really stepped up his game. He's making himself a lot of money. He's a six-round draft pick out of Yale. Uh, I know he's a real big SEC team right there, Yale. Um mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <cool. laughs> you think? Uh, but um, I think he's really played really well in the last three, four weeks. And uh, sideline to sideline, he's really – I think it helps, too, Deion Jones being his running mate. But and another person – is uh Keanu Neal has looked like himself this year, um, mm-hmm. really coming down into the box and separating player from ball and, like, really being an enforcer back there. So uh, just seeing him in run support has been surprising because of the injury. Not saying that he's a Pro Bowl safety, saying that I was not expecting him to look like anything this year. I figured he was – I mean, he's been hurt so much there's a chance that he's – Washed up, but uh, coming back strong from that uh, injury is was impressive to me. So, um, who's been the most disappointing player? We did the most impressive. Who's been the most disappointing? Anybody, jump in? No matter.
3: AJ Terrell, was that his name? Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> no, oh, listen. Man. I, I'm just look.
2: I that's not fair. I
0: know. Yeah, that's he's, he's played, played decent. That's
2: not fair. He's been okay. I know. Yeah. Stan is a big AJ Terrell fan. I had,
0: that, yeah. <laughs> I'm just he saying was, he's he can play. He's gonna be he's gonna be a starter for a long time for the Falcons. So yeah, I think it's been that's been good. I, I mean, the I'm, most. Morning, I'm trying to be funny. Yeah. I, most, I
1: think. Go ahead, Stan.
0: I mean, it has to be it has to be either tack McKinley or
1: Well, I was going to say tack, but obviously he's not really on the team anymore. So, I mean, is sure. that really fair that we throw him in, throw him in there? Yeah, I, mean, I, I, mean, was gonna, I was going to, I was going to say even somebody like Dante Fowler, just cause there were a little, there was some expectations there. Um, but at the same time, if you don't have tack on the other side, I guess you can't really, you know, uh, harp on that guy too much cause he doesn't really have a lot, a lot of support there, but you know, Once again, the Falcons have not – I know that they've been getting more pressure recently on the quarterbacks, but it hasn't been from the defensive line. Right. So, I would say I would have to pick on them. Um, And so, if I had to pick a player, I'd say Dante Fowler, just because there was some some sort of expectation going into the season.
0: What about you, Todd? Who's been the most disappointing player?
1: I don't really want to put anything
2: on any individual player. I just want to say the Falcons' defense as a unit has been horrid all yes. season. <laughs> yeah. They have played better recently, but I, I'm going to just go with it as an entire unit.
1: There I mean, was uh, – There were stretches yeah, of the... –
2: the Falcons. I'm going to get the secondary the, the top notch, though, because that seems to be all we draft because uh, our team's full of secondary players. So, uh, yeah, I'm going with the secondary.
0: There was a – I mean, a stretch. It was a long stretch that I don't know who holds the record in Falcons' history, but, like – the Falcons had the thirty-second ranked defense for like weeks in a row, so I don't know what kind of record that is in franchise history. But it was it was bad. There, I mean, it's still bad, but it was bad. Um, what about you, Chris? What who's been the most disappointing for you?
3: I already told you, uh, AJ Terrell, and that wasn't fair. But it was <laughs> the, the defense. I'm like Todd, the, the yeah. defensive backs,
0: and I changed defensive
3: I, backs. I mean. Yeah, I, who who said the defensive line? Was that you, Zach? Zach? That was me. Yeah. Now I think Grady's been strong and steady. I love him.
0: Yeah, for sure. But,
3: but you know, and I don't have stats, so where are no. we in sacks?
0: Uh, I would last say bottom. Low. High, yeah, real <laughs> low. So bottom you know, of the league.
3: They're just as responsible as the defensive backs when it comes to passes. If you can't get pressure on the quarterback, so. Yeah, I feel um, like we, we've
1: really missed. I feel like we've missed Marlon Davidson. Him not playing. Um, I know he's been. I guess he played what the last game or two, or was right. at least. Um, I feel like that's hurt the defensive line, especially right there in the middle. I mean that that was going to be sort of like Grady Jarrett's. Him and Grady were going yes. to sort of be like the you know the Bash brothers, but um, never came to fruition. Sort of, yeah, 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 and I think really. he's
0: still dealing with like he just didn't like you never heard his name. You know, right, it's,
1: yeah, that's that's been disappointing because I really, man, he was, I really I, liked him. Just just watching serious. him play at watching him play at Auburn, obviously being, you know, uh, you know, he he, he him and uh, Derek Brown wreaked havoc on Georgia. Uh, what two years last year or two years ago? So uh, I was really looking forward to that. So yeah. I changed
0: my answer for the most disappointing. Uh, I know my most disappointing Falcon now. Dirk Cutter is my uh, <laughs> most disappointing Falcon. Right. Um, Yes. Yeah. I, I have. I've, uh, <clears throat> I do not like Dirk Cutter in that position. Uh, I don't know if I've ever told you that, but I'm glad to clear <laughs> the air now. I didn't know, I didn't know that, Stan. I
1: didn't, yeah, I, not his I, name. I'm not a
0: big fan of Dirk Cutter. Okay, so Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan gets a lot of hate. He gets a lot of love, but he's just a very divisive pl- person. Where the midway point of the season was nine wins – or nine wins – Nine games played, what is your letter grade for Matt Ryan midway through the season?
2: I would give Matt Ryan an A, uh, honestly. I-, I think that he doesn't have a lot of help with the running game around him. Uh, he's still been very good. Now, there's still the three and outs that we go through in the fourth quarter, but I just think that's part of the play call. And I think for what Matt Ryan has had to go through this year, with his offensive coordinator just being a lame duck, um, I would give him an A. I mean, I think he's in the Falcons are what like top three in passing in the NFL, so second yep. in passing. So he's done what he needed to do.
1: Yeah, I, I would, I would agree. I would give him an A as well. I mean, he's, he like quietly sneaks up in the ranks of like the all time greats. And like it seems like every other week he's kind of hits this new milestone. Uh, he's, he's been, and, and so he's been impressive this year again, like what Todd was saying, considering. The, you know, the lackluster play calling, and and specifically in just the lackluster performance of the running game to support the offense. So he's there, there's been a lot put on him, um, and, and and again, you could if you what are we three and six? We could easily be what six and three right now. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. and the and the narrative on Matt Ryan would be so much different if we were obviously if we were six and three versus three and six even and and that wouldn't even change any of the way he's played because it hadn't been his in my opinion hadn't been his fault the reason we lost those those three games we should have won so I think Matt Ryan I would give him an A.
3: Uh, Chris? To me he's the most underrated quarterback in the NFL. Um, Early in the season remember they had ranked the top 50 NFL players and they had Ridiculous players ranked ahead of. Don't Matt get Stan
1: started on that, dude. dude man, uh, it,
3: it was terrible. Uh, and, uh, they're gonna eat I, their hat. Ryan, <laughs> just, just from a, <laughs> just from a uh, eye test, Matt looks as good as he's looked in the last four years, uh, last three years for sure, and he's sharp. And one one way to test that is you look at guys like Zacchaeus. yeah, Russell Gage. <laughs> he spreads the wealth to different guys when other guys are covered, I feel like if we had a defense that was strong, he would be, you know, off the charts great.
0: So I love I feel, him. I'll give
3: him an A, good two.
0: I feel like he's not quite – that's a bad analogy, but Mike Trout, like, it's really bad enough. But, like, wasting years of, like, greatness. Yeah. Like, yes. uh, Julio and Matt, like, wasting years of greatness, not figuring out who a coach is. Um, I would give him – an. And a as well, um, like like you said, been playing with a bad team, um, and he is sorry. He see he leads the. I think he's number one in passing yards, and with uh, twenty seven hundred, but fifteen touchdowns, five interceptions. But the most impressive is Matty Wheels, uh, twenty two yeah. rushing attempts, sixty eight <laughs> yards, three point one average for average carry, Todd Gurley, and uh, one rushing touchdown. <laughs> so, uh, with a 13-yard touchdown scramble. So, yeah, he wants to win. I mean, he's he's throwing them left-handed. He's throwing them goofy off of a strange plane. He wants to win. He's out there pumping up his guy. So, I think he's an incredible competitor and uh, very underrated. Very uh, Now, I, I don't know if he's to the eye test. I think he still gets happy feet in that pocket and he gets nervous. and But the offensive line is yet to be talked about in this podcast, which is good because the best yes. offensive line is one you never talk about. So we have it has him in porous. It's been okay. He's been sacked 19 times in nine games. So whatever the math is on that, that's pretty good. And I don't know. I have no clue what the rankings there are for the across the NFL, but um, that's, the offensive line has done its part in the pass protection. The running game, we can talk about, but in the pass protection, it's been good. So I give Matt Ryan an A. And I read a stat today that the, um, the Chiefs are, have the number one, the most snaps while being ahead, or by, while leading. They have the most offensive snaps while leading the other team. Uh, and they're 8-1. and one. The Falcons are number two in the NFL. Of of snaps <laughs> of snaps leading, and they're three three and six. That's how that, bad.
1: That's that, That's
3: a defensive stat. You're right. Yeah, it's all absolutely. About the defense.
0: Yeah, so. yeah, crazy. So going forward, um, what what? So here's the scenario: Trevor Lawrence does come out of the NFL because there are some. There is an. opportunity possibility that Trevor Lawrence stays and dodges the Jets. But Trevor Lawrence comes out he goes to the Jets. Jets have number one. They go defeated. The Falcons are top five. They have maybe four. number The fourth pick. And let's say you don't have the ability to get Justin Fields. Or maybe you do. It doesn't matter. We'll say he's on the board. What position group? You don't have to give me a name because uh, it's a little early to do mock drafts, Todd. So I know you're a mock draft guy. Um, Mm -hmm. Give me a position group of where you what how you how do you fix this team? What position group do you go for? D
2: line, D line, D D line, D line, -line. Todd. D line. I can see linebacker too. Um, I I I think the quarterback ship's probably if you want to do like a full rebuild. I think the quarterback ship's probably sailed.
0: Yeah, Um, yeah. D line. It's got to. I mean, I
3: unless, unless there's a cornerback available from the Mountain West.
1: <laughs> oh, jeez, yeah. <laughs> like like, like Fresno like, like like Fresno State. Yeah, yeah. or an or, Ivy. who's
0: who's pick up
1: a, a safety hybrid
0: safety corner linebacker from, the, from
1: maybe from the Sun Belt
0: from the Sun Belt. Yeah, <laughs> I heard. Uh, yeah, Her Georgia uh, Georgia Southern's got a good one. Um,
1: and I think D line, but I think specifically pass rusher well you've lost you've d- literally lost all of
0: your pass rushers this this year i mean starting yeah. caliber pass rushers so I mean, it is pitiful pass rush so yeah you've got to have i mean the most expensive the most premium pass rusher you could possibly get joey bosa hopefully he's got a cousin Some like any anybody because all the bosa brothers i think are gone but like if you could get that caliber of guy you got you got to take him so Um. All right. So I got. Does anybody else have anything else? Any other questions or anything else? Yeah, listen, hit me. Hit me.
3: me. Interesting. If you know the whole tanking concept. Yeah. I'm not in. I don't love tanking. I just. I don't want us to be stuck in mediocrity, right? When you talk about wasting Matt Ryan's years. Yeah. The biggest downside to tanking is we have a whole season left, and I'm enjoying watching him. And, and the receivers play the game and watch them girly. So, I've said this a lot. My head wants them to lose. My heart wants them to win. I can't help but pull for them to win when I, when I watch them. Yeah. So, we need to rethink our structure here. And if we're out of play for a quarterback, that's not the worst thing in the world because what we really need is defensive help.
0: Mm-hmm. It's very true. Um, and, I, th- I mean, if you get in the top – if you're in the top ten, I mean, if you're top five, there's going to be a lot of bad teams in this thing. But if mm-hmm. if you're top ten, you can still get you a top tier pass rusher. So
1: yeah, the the more I've thought about it, and Stan and I, we and to, I mean, all of us have talked about this throughout the year. But the more I've thought about it, you know, going forward, I don't, I don't think maybe moving on from Matt Ryan is necessarily the answer. And I know that he, him and Julio together, I don't know what the numbers are. If Todd and Stan, y'all might know what they are specifically. I don't know what how much they tie up into the, you know, the cap and the salary. But um, I think so. Oh, I want to say, that one of y'all said like maybe twenty five percent was. Yeah, it's pretty, pretty much. mammoth. It's yeah, it's pretty, big, right. big. It's pretty But big. but when you think about it though, in, most quarterbacks in the NFL are probably t- you know are are probably responsible for fifteen to twenty percent of their team's cap or, or or what salary space whatever you call it. So I don't know if that's really necessarily a. You know, a must there to to move on from him. Julio would be would to me would make more sense just because you have somebody in the in the waiting. You know, with with Calvin Ridley and some of these other other guys, so you feel a little bit better about that if you had to move on from him. But I, I think you've got to you've got to go defensive, and I think going with Todd too, you got to go to linebacker too. I think a pass rusher and then building that linebacker depth as well. Um, that's just that's what I would say. Yeah.
2: I would agree with you. I mean, my perspective from the whole like gut rebuild thing from the very beginning was the fact that the Falcons were in the hunt at the time, but they're really not anymore. And I've I've said this to Stan many times, if Trevor Lawrence or um, Justin Fields, if they weren't there, then there's no need to trade Matt Ryan away. Like you'd Mm -hmm. have to have some sort of assurance. You'd have one of those guys to be able to do that, so I think going for a defensive player would be the best thing to do, and I do agree with trading Julio too. You can need to get something by some more draft picks. So, Todd, you know, yeah, how many years does Matt Ryan have? I would say three to four at the most.
0: How old is he? Just someone. He's thirty. He's 35, thirty-five, I believe.
2: 35, yeah, yeah, thirty. I think he's thirty-five. You so could say, say three, maybe. maybe. Yeah, three or four more. Good. I mean, you just can't expect everybody to be a Drew Brees or a Tom Brady instead no. of playing when they're in their fourth mm-hmm. side. It's definitely yeah. the exception to the rule. I
1: agree. Yeah. Three or
0: four good more. Three three or four. four, more good. four. Yeah. I was going like, to try to say five, but like you said, not everybody's not everybody's arm. I mean, even Drew Brees, is, he got a little bit of noodle arm this year. So I mean. Oh, he
2: looked great the other night, though. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, <laughs> They put a hurting on them, and that's yeah, and that yeah. little tune-up. They what they were doing? They were really nervous about the Falcons coming to town, so they were like, you know what? I think we better do, right. get it together. So we go ahead and tune up these uh, these old Tampa Bay Buccaneers.
1: That's right, because you know, Stan's calling the split between the the Saints and the and the Falcons. You know, he they're just getting ready for it. Hey,
0: and it's like it's one of those. This is one of those series, man. It doesn't matter. It just they're going to split. I mean, <laughs> they'll split away. You know, it'll be the OA team wins this year. Right? It, it'll be something weird. You know, I mean,
1: it happened last year. So it sure. happened. That's right. Yeah, it did. Sure did.
0: Exactly. So, all right, boys, this was fun. We should do this again.
1: Love it. Real, real soon.
0: Real soon, like maybe Thursday. <laughs> uh, and y'all got anything else for the people before we get out of here? Any closing statements? Um, encouragement to the fans.
2: Encouragement to the fans. Um, Come on, Todd, no, no, not really. I mean, <laughs> Raheem Morris. Yes, as well. Yes,
0: know.
3: yes. They look fly in those white uniforms. Hey,
0: you know, the, the white uniforms are coming around on me. They I think they're they sharp. Man, I really like the black uniforms, but the white ones are yes. coming around on me. They just look sharp with the powder coat helmet and the uh, the chrome face mask, the chrome grill. Obviously, you might get me one of those. Um yeah, they look they look sharp. So
2: so if you're wondering where the Falcons actually stand in the playoff standings right now. Like I did take a look at that the other day. If that 8th team is added, the Falcons would be 12th in the playoff standings right now. About two games back, they could actually make a run.
0: See? See? Hey, two A, hey, two wins is a streak baby. They're going that they, listen. So what okay, so there's seven games left, right? So, so you've yeah. got you got to play. You got to play Tampa Bay twice. You got to play the Saints twice, and we know they play the Chiefs. The other two games are the Raiders and the Chargers. So, if we split, we split with Tampa. Split with uh, the Saints. Saints. I think right now the Chargers are down. The Chargers are like trying to beat the Falcons, like Falcons West. They are giving games away. So if you beat the Chargers, that's three more wins right there. So right so like that's three now that's three out of the four. So three so that's six and ten.
3: Where is the Raiders game? Uh I it's
0: at Oakland. I think it's in Oakland. Other the way no Las, they, Vegas, yeah, Las Vegas, Las Vegas. They go into a parking lot out in Oakland. They're
1: yeah. Which they probably won't have fans anyway. I so mean the, is the
3: Yeah. Are the uh are the uh, Chiefs
0: out there in Kansas City? Yeah, I know that one. That's the last three. It's Tampa Chiefs, Tampa, and so um, in the last two games, or the last game of the year is the twentieth of December, and that the last game in Mercedes Benz is the twentieth, which is the first Tampa game. So it's Tampa at home, and then away, Chiefs away, Tampa.
2: I mean, my thoughts on the Chiefs just to... are. Here, go ahead, Chris.
3: You're so you're saying we're going to end up six and ten. That's like <laughs> the worst record you could possibly have.
0: I'm just trying. I was trying to paint a, I was trying to paint a playoff picture, but my my wins are running out. I was trying I know, to. No, it's
3: hard. I'm telling you, six and ten is terrible. Oh my, that is terrible.
0: You just I keep know, it, You don't want to. I'm co- listen, and I'm cool with just three and ten. They they look good. Just make it exciting, and just I'm cool with. I'm cool with three wins.
1: Five yeah, play three, play you know? close and lose.
0: Just play close, Just play, play better and lose. It's cool. Just but get
1: it to an onside kick. It's, man, <laughs> I'm telling you what. It made me so mad. Y'all, listen, I, like I said, I'd,
0: I'd have fired Dan Quinn with time left on the clock after that onside kick.
1: Yeah, Arthur Blank should have walked up to mm-hmm. him and asked for his credentials like, at that moment. Like, give them, give them yeah, to me yeah, now. Give them to me now. Yeah, Yeah. Three, the, out, three years too late at that point. You know, more more <laughs> than the – going forward, if the Falcons were going to make a run, this would be the year that they would they could do it from the standpoint of those road games are a lot less daunting because, again, there's not any fans there. I think you and Todd, Stan, I think y'all were talking about this on the last podcast and how it's just so different. So, you know, there's no – there is no home field advantage, really, um, so, if they were going to make a run, I think this, this would be it. The only issue is – They stink. Are, are those 11 players on the defensive side of the ball Well, is what is to, in the way. Yeah, you
3: have to dress I, 11. I might eat my words, but we, we've all seen this happen too. When those teams are prepared to play the Falcons, they're thinking of us the way we just thought about San Diego. All right. Oh, that's a win. We don't have to try and with our offense going in there without mm-hmm. fans you might catch their offenses flat and but right. uh, it's just typical to upset a team that's a yeah. big big favorite
0: I It happened last happened twice last year yeah. they beat the saints and they beat the 49ers yeah yeah, yeah they jumped up and, like the 49ers look awesome they were you know they went out to san francisco and mm-hmm. beat them on a weird last second play. they had like yeah record breaking amount of like weird Last second That
1: was plays. that was. I, I do remember that. Yeah. that was that was strange. But well, that was that deal with Julio. Didn't, didn't he like catch one at the goal? Oh, line that's right. It
0: was goal, and, line. and he just like yeah. ducked in. Yeah, and yeah. Barely, yeah, yeah. yeah, across the plane. For sure, that was cool. Yeah, that you know, was what the was,
1: uh, most memorable play
3: from last year is for me the most memorable play.
0: Uh, go ahead.
3: The last play of the year when we made a long James. field goal. Oh, we made a long field goal to drop like five spots in the draft
1: no was, i thought i thought no, it, was walk, it was the
3: walk-off uh pick six pick six for James did, oh, overtime did, oh no didn't we make that long field goal to either to win the game i thought it was against against them
0: no that was to go to overtime and then first possession oh. in overtime was pick six well, by Dion.
3: oh well okay it's even better well, that's what I'm saying. We should have missed the field goal. I'm like, why are you making a field goal? He
0: shanked It cost just like...
3: five picks. This doesn't make sense. It's yeah. one thing early in the season when you still got a lot of games left to play for, but they could have shanked that field goal and got better picks.
0: You just do yep. like Dan Quinn does and just go for it. Just be aggressive. Um, uh,
3: yeah. Be aggressive. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> yeah.
2: No, I, I, I totally agree with that. Um, we basically traded draft positions with them, too. Um, oh,
0: I didn't even think about that. Yeah,
2: yeah. Oh my I, gosh! That's who exactly they? What happened. Who did they
0: draft? Do you remember off the top of your head?
2: I do not remember. Nah. I had to go back and look. I I, wasn't yeah, I, can't, I can't. I can't. I can't remember.
0: Oh, you know what? No, nah, it wasn't the, the big tackle from Washington, was it? No, Vita Vea. Nah, I have got my years mixed up. Never mind. I forgot to say anything. Um. So, the Falcons are three and six. They're at the bye week, and they have hopefully draft positions to play for from now on. From here henceforth, I see, I see one win left on the season, maybe two. Um, so that puts you at five. Is that too many, Chris? Five and eleven.
2: And you're guaranteeing well, victory over the Saints in one of those two wins. Is that right?
0: I said I see two wins on the left on the schedule. Now I don't know which one. You said you going said on. that
2: we were going to split with the Saints earlier. Now I'm telling you, that's what you said.
0: You know what, Dern, Todd? Yeah, heck, let's check it out. We're going to, after the statistics, statistics prove that the Falcons play good after the after the bye week. So we get the Saints because because oh, they're horrible. Not they're horrible, but I don't like them. And um, we'll get the Chargers. Those are our two wins. So that's five. So that's would, five would, and 11.
3: Would five and 11 still... get
0: that's you too many? A fifth
3: pick? Would it get you a fifth pick?
0: I don't think so. I no, think five it, and
2: 11 would probably put you at 10. Yeah. 10. And
0: yeah. You, could, you could go back and look at the draft, like draft rec. You can go back and look at the record from like last year, what five, five wins would get you and they've got some wins over some bad teams too so i don't know how that like packers and all that stuff we
1: need we need the falcons to be 4 and 12 or like 8 and 8 like 8 and 8 to get you in the playoffs or 4 and 12 you don't want to go 5 and 11 or 6 and 10 because you might have well, a better record Purgatory. You, have, you might have a better record than all of the nfc east at that point and so if you're 6 and 10 and so there you go you're then you're what you know all of a sudden you're picking 13th or something versus well, you know it, potentially picking 5th yeah, you know, just there's because
3: more, of those teams. And there's more. There's more at play, too. You might end up with a harder schedule because you won those games next year. Because don't they do the tiered schedules based on how you finished? Yeah.
2: Yeah, but I think uh, that's overrated, though, because the yeah. teams are never the same the next year anyway. Like right. I, That's
1: true. Because the, the year that well, – other than the upper echelon teams, but – Yeah. yeah. This, this, even
2: them though, you always have one team that made the playoffs that doesn't even touch the playoffs. the so next true. year, they're a bottom is, feeder team. Yeah, statistically, and then you got yeah, for some surface. team that comes out of nowhere and they the make the playoffs.
0: Also, the Jaguars on the NFC or the AFC Championship. You're like, wait, hey, what? What happened? And then now they're now they're perpetually terrible again.
2: Well, as of right now, the entire NFC East is below the Falcons record-wise, except for the Philadelphia Eagles, and that's only by percentage, had, not by wins.
0: Yeah, because they had that tie.
1: Yeah, I think they're three, four, and one. Yeah, three, four, and one. So, so I'm, with Chris. I'm definitely with Chris. It's like you don't want to be five and 11. You don't want to be six and ten. You want to be three and 13 or four and 12. Or eight and eight going to the playoffs. I'm telling you, the you Falcons that- are eight. If they are, go, if they are eight and eight, if you go, what, that would put that's five and two the last seven games against right. those teams, we could be having some conversations like to be excited about maybe where – their chances in the playoffs that they're beating th- that that caliber of and, opponents and, uh, you know, really riding some momentum at that point.
0: So, like, if that means you went, like you said, you went five and two down the stretch. That means you beat some, like, like you said, quality teams. That means your defense is playing better. Mm-hmm. Offense is top four in the league. Once that defense can figure out, like, oh, tackle the person with the other color jersey, if they can figure out, like, oh, he, we can touch the ball when it's in the air, like, yeah, once – They can figure out how to play defense and can spell defense. Maybe the defense wakes up, and now you're beating team. you know, you're holding teams under, you know, a solid mark of 30. Maybe you're holding them down to 24, and you get them with 28 or whatever. So, yeah, I'm with you. If if that defense is playing better, then you're beating these teams. Or – You got to punch your chance.
2: Or the other way to look at that, though, like – your wins at the end of the year are you playing against teams they really don't have a lot of motivation to be they're like Kansas City I don't at that point in the season are they really going to have any motivation to play and New Orleans you know New Orleans we could split with them Tampa Bay we play them in that last game I mean as long as they don't have last, the Saints the rest of the season right two of the, the two last, of the
0: last two of the last three games
2: are against Tampa Bay, or against Tampa Bay so they could theoretically everything wrapped up by that time as long as i don't you know they're playing the saints again that they, they have their number but yeah um they've been pretty good and they've looked good against everybody else so i mean that's a chance right there they really don't care if they're there or not you maybe you could win
0: two or three, three games, games.
2: Yeah, yeah yeah so
0: yeah that would be that would be the funniest thing i know chris would just die laughing that the falcons are, are on trajectory to have to keep their three wins. They get to the last three games of the season, Tampa Bay, Kansas City, Tampa Bay. And win them. And win all three, win out and go to six, you know. And what would we,
3: what would you say? It's the most Georgia thing ever. That's what yeah. we'd say.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Oh,
1: yeah. If we went, if we went right. like nine and seven or something and won like one of the playoff games, maybe won the next one and then all of a sudden lose and then, and then all of a sudden you're picking, now you have the 23rd pick in the draft. And there's nothing to show for it. Yeah, just, yep. <laughs> that's that's where I can that's, like uh, uh, sentiment. For, uh, I mean, from, from Todd and Chris, like I, I'm I'm with them there because we just know that that's what would happen. No, you know, the Falcons would go on this run. They, it, it's just like a, you know they just tease us. No, uh, see
0: that scenario is too good of a scenario. You're talking about getting two playoffs wins when you're not even. We're having this conversation in. November of being, like, who, how are we going to draft? Two playoffs the most heartbreaking one would be, like, fight tooth and nail to get 8-8 eight and eight and, like, oh, we got to – and, then like, first-round exit. and Now, like, you're just like I feel like that would be, well, maybe a one-playoff win. Well, you got one-playoff well, win. And you're, now you're thinking, oh, well, maybe us. And then you get smashed by Seattle and
3: we, you we have nothing 5 pick a 19. Weren't
0: we O
2: and Bob, right? we, we Owen Bob at the start of this year? Yes, Am I right? Yes, we yeah. were 0-5, and then we, we got that one. Was and, it Minnesota our first
1: yeah. win? Minnesota, Minnesota was the first yeah. win. But there's a, yeah, there's never
3: the been an 0-5 team make the playoffs. It's and be- even though the statistics would be skewed since they added teams, that would still be hilarious. And that would be something to be proud of, to be the first 0-5 team to make the playoffs. I, I, I would like I could get
1: behind that. I'm telling you I just but, but still not if we don't win at all. It's like it's all for nothing. It's like the 2007 Georgia football team, you, I think we we got to a point where we were like 4 and 2 or 5 and 2. We we looked really bad against Vanderbilt and then all of a sudden they went on these like this crazy long stretch of wins and then and then it, like they got the that was when the BCS was still around. I know Chris and Todd remember this. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. we, deserve, we deserve to be – we deserve to be uh, – we should have been playing USC in the national championship yeah, that year. Right. And, and instead – and it's just like those Hawaii. are the things – those are the little things that we're talking about, Georgia sports. It's like – Well, know, even, that, you know.
0: even the Braves, man. The Braves got to the playoffs this year and was like – and they were like, oh, well, so they can get past the Reds. The Reds, you know, got a good pitching staff. The Braves' pitching sucks. If we can get past them, then all of a sudden it was like, okay, well, if they get past the Marlins, for sure, like, yeah, oh, they got past the Marlins, like, oh, well, then we're gonna beat the Dodgers, and they blew a three-one lead, and then now your heart is ripped out on your of your chest and stomped on the floor, and now I have to watch commercials with the Dodgers. You know, I can't even turn on television and watch.
3: Which, which, by the way, is the same weekend that Georgia lost to Alabama and the same yep. weekend that the falcons finally won it yeah was, the
0: first, that was that was against the vikings yeah like it was yes. it like four heartbreakers four heartbreakers in two days
1: it was and, yeah. and can i just a round table quick quick question right after yeah. cuz i i was polling a lot of people this the, with this question At, in that moment that that night when when that saturday i think that was game 6 going into that if you could have chosen if the Braves could win that, but Georgia lose, would you have in that moment? Would you have picked? Would you have gone with that scenario, with Georgia Georgia winning and Braves losing, or Braves winning and Georgia losing? You had a
0: choice between who was going to yeah, win. You had, you you're right, want right. them yeah. to win. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I would sacrifice. Would have, I would sacrifice Georgia. I would,
1: I would absolutely sacrifice Georgia. Yeah, I would have just that that, that. that was my. Did they play fun. in Alabama. Yeah.
0: Yeah, they were supposed to lose that game. And no, the I would, I would have
1: fourth or fifth game of the season. Yeah,
0: yeah, I would have laid that down at, at the feet of the, at the altar there, and I would just sacrifice Georgia. Yeah, there's yeah.
1: probably nobody out
2: there that's a bigger Georgia football fan than me, and I would have even have sacrificed Georgia in that game because theoretically they still. That was always the game that I thought. You know, Georgia was okay losing. Right, they could have gotten right. a rematch against Alabama later in the season, and it really didn't matter what they did in that game. If they had had a rematch against Alabama in the SEC championship game, that's the one they needed to win anyway.
0: Yeah, So yeah, I would have took yeah, obviously, and I would have thrown the Falcons under the bus too. So, <laughs> man,
2: well, I've been throwing them under the bus since uh, week three. Yeah.
0: So, yeah. yeah, nah,
1: maybe week one.
3: I don't know what I would have chosen because week three, Georgia, the Braves would have had one more game. That was game no, six. but if
1: they but if they would have won that game, no, they would have clinched. They would have moved. Yeah, away. no.
3: But what I'm saying is, if they lost, they still had one more chance.
1: Even right. though we all yeah. knew, no, you know, because we, we knew, knew if they lost won that, game, that game, they were no, because, win because
0: that was because Max Freed was pitching that game six, right? Yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, was a hard but, but one. Surpri-
1: but surprisingly, I had a lot of people, you know, that were that were not necessarily torn. They were like, "No, I want I want George to win." I'm like, Did "You chop him in the throat." That's what I wanted to do. I wanted to, like, judy chop. Okay. Judy chop right there. In the <gasps> um, so, anyway. But, yeah, yeah sorry I went, went down that. But I, even. I just felt like I had to ask you guys that.
0: Yeah, I would definitely sacrifice Georgia.
1: All right. Let's wrap it up.
0: Guys, thank you all for joining me uh, for this roundtable discussion. I think we should do it again later on this week. Um, Always a pleasure to have you, Todd, Chris, Zach. Thank you all for joining us for another episode of Rise Up Radar. Fellas, Falcons fans, if you like what you heard tonight, go ahead and uh, follow us on Twitter, like us on Facebook, and uh, subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts these days. And until next time, fellas, rise up.